we want to introduce you to our newest partner here in the fish tank. Yes, Planet Protein, a South Florida plant-based nutrition company providing rapid-fire nutrition for tough times in our lives. Featuring peanut butter cup, cherry Ooh. almond fudge, and the incredible chocolate magic protein shake mix juice, Planet Protein is the one-stop solution to keep your day going. Yeah, whether you're suiting up for Sunday. Now, you know something about that, don't yeah, you, Just juice? a little bit, or you know, watching from home. I know about that. A lot about that, right? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Everyone has a need for quick, delicious, and nutrient dense solutions for go time and each product is packed with 20 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods to amplify your place in the game of life and guess what juice we've got a great deal for our listeners use the code fish tank that's all capital letters all one word fish tank and receive 20 percent off all purchases at planetprotein.com and also check them out on instagram at planet underscore protein you're now diving into the fish tank Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, never been that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank. Seth Levitt here on the Five Reasons Sports Network with my main man, O.J. McDuffie. Juice, how are we doing today? What's up, Big Seth? This is an exciting day today, You know today, it Juice. is, man. So, you know, uh, side note before we get into this amazing guest that we have today, I've been a little frustrated with some of our folks here in the network because every time we book a great guest, I end up seeing them... <laughs> You know, they no. end up on somebody else's show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Lamar Thomas, who couldn't wait to get on the fish tank. Now he's on five rings, and I get it. It makes sense. It's a UM-centric uh, right. podcast. Right. Levitard had, uh, had totally committed us. Ethan's got him for the 100th show. Mm. It was an amazing show. Can't blame them for having him on. We're going to pull a fast one on Craig Mish. You know, you know he's right. got the Swings and Mish's uh, <laughs> podcast here. But we've got the Hawk, Andre Dawson, baseball Hall of Famer in the fish tank. Mr. Dawson, how are you today? I'm doing real well, thank you. Man, it's great having a hawk in here, it's man. It's incredible. Oh, it is. It is, man. Me being a baseball fan and, um, you know, knowing, actually, he doesn't even know this, but, like, when I was living in Cleveland, he was playing for, for the Cubs at that point. And I watched him on WGN all the time. WGN. Absolutely, man. So it was always A lot fun. of Hawk highlights a on WGN. A lot of Hawk highlights on WGN, for sure. So uh, it's an honor having having the Hall of Famer in here with us. It is truly an honor. and But I also love that you brought up the Cubs. You know, certainly things got started with the Expos. And, and, and then all of us in South Florida were, were fortunate to have you here with the Marlins for a couple of years. And then for all of the years, the great work that you did with the organization. But I don't know that everybody knows that you're a Miami guy. Born and raised. And uh, this has always been my home. Uh, the only thing I ever knew growing up, uh, like you mentioned, I played in perhaps the coldest of environments. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Montreal for 10 years, uh, Chicago for six years, Boston uh, was no warm spot. Uh, and then I got the opportunity to come home and play uh, and finish my career uh, the last two years. But yeah, um, I was born and raised here and very fortunate enough to uh, grow up and uh, witness uh, the outset of the Miami Dolphins. And not really, not, not to uh, displease any of the, the, the listeners out there, not really growing up as a, a Dolphins fan. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's I grew, okay. I grew up uh, as a Cleveland Browns fan. Oh, okay. That's mm. fine, too, then. Okay. Because, uh, <laughs> Understandable. Because of, um, that was a choice. 
for a couple of uncle, uncles of mine. I, I'm talking going back as far as Frank Ryan, Lou Grosser. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, needless to say, you know, I, I did follow the Dolphins and uh, became very close friends with uh, a lot of the Dolphins. Um, Venturing, I'm talking about back Bob Greasy, uh, Paul Warfield. Paul Warfield. Well, there you go, Cleveland Browns guy. Right, was a was a Cleveland guy, and obviously I followed him uh, when he came here. Uh, I got the opportunity to watch Mercury Morris play uh, in a Shrine game in the Orange Bowl. Oh wow! And I became a big fan. The littlest guy on the field, right. yeah, just running right past people. So I got the opportunity to. Um, to get to know him uh, from a personal perspective and become a big fan of his. I thought I wanted to be Bob Greasy growing up because oh, yeah? I, I felt uh, initially I would be a quarterback. And uh, we know the success Greasy had. But uh, that was tarnished very quickly be- <laughs> because I I felt, well, you know, I, I probably could be very good at this, but uh, my passion is not football, it's baseball. And I, I played uh, football to pass the time. Uh, to get to baseball season. But I grew up, you know, watching the greats. Uh, The Dolphins could put out on the field. Uh, Dan Marino. I go back to to remembering uh, the success uh, that Larry Zonka had and Jim Kick and... Those individuals, uh, again, Mercury Morris. Uh, O.J., a big fan of yours, Thank too. You. You Thank know. you. Thank you. Uh, when you're an uh, all-time leader, uh, pass receiver, you can't help but take Hard notice. Hard not to be a fan. They take notice to that. Nat Moore, of course. Nat growing up, going at Edison, following his career as far back as high school. So uh, I have that allegiance, uh, Jason Taylor. Uh, I have that allegiance to a lot of the guys that were stars here. And uh, became very close friends with them. You know, Seth, when, when we when he walked into the studio, you just noticed his size. Oh, there's a you presence. Know, so I said there has to be some football in in Andre. You know what I mean? It has to be. The Hawk had to play some football, and he, he mentioned that you know quarterback position. In an era back then, you know, you know, blacks weren't not weren't too many playing quarterback at the next levels. They were more putting in people with linebacker or or wide receiver or running back. Is that one of the reasons that you didn't pursue the quarterback, or just? Football is not a, much of a passion for you. Well, I like I like the quarterback position because there was a, an individual at Carl Gables High School by the name of Craig Curry, and uh, he was probably the best at you know that position uh, as far as anyone playing the position in the state of Florida. And he led Carl Gables to a state championship. And uh, you when you see people aspire and uh, have a lot of success, uh, they become sort of like role models. Mm. And I think that. That was the first opportunity I felt like. Craig Curry. You know, I, I have a, a pretty decent throwing arm as far as, yeah. <laughs> as, far as playing, so, yeah. playing Sandlot uh, in, in, the, in the backyard. When you're in right field, I think right. at times you got to have a little bit of an arm, yeah, right? So let, let's see you know, let's see how far this can go. But, no, then when you see uh, the professionals, the elite uh, do it, like I said, Bob Greasy, you kind of dream a little bit. But uh, no, I, I knew that wasn't that was uh, far from coming to fruition. Uh, so I I won't really go as far as to say that uh, that was a calling for me. I, I got hurt my senior year. Senior in high school. Senior year in high school. Southwest and, uh, Senior High, right? Right. Okay. As a, as a defensive back, and uh, 
I knew uh, from that moment on that, okay, my football days are over. That was it. I got to uh, focus on what I love, what I love doing more, was, which was baseball. That's a dream also because you got a million kids doing something and trying to chase the same dream. But uh, I, I just thought about it. You know, you, you surround yourself with uh, people that are passionate about what you're doing, uh, motivational, inspiring. And, um, you know, you roll the dice, you don't know what might happen. And as discouraging as it was for me, that uh, devastating knee injury itself, I just figured, you know, the damage was already done. Mm. Uh, You move on beyond that. And I was fortunate enough to uh, go to college, play about three years and uh, get some notice there and uh, come eligible and be obviously uh, in the end be drafted. And that was my that was my moment. That was my opportunity. Well, it's hard to argue with the decision to pursue baseball. I think it worked out pretty good for you. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that one. But so, so let's dial it back for a second. So you're, you're at Southwest Senior High, and you said you played defensive back? Defensive back, free safety. You were free safety. Okay. So were you, you like to hit people at the time? or I felt that was better than, than getting hit. Right, than getting hit. right, right. <laughs> being hammering instead of the nail. Hitting guys like Juice <laughs> instead of being on the other side of it. But here, so, so that, you know, not to put anybody's age out there, but that's the early 70s. And that's really when the Dolphins made that transition from being this, you know, this new new franchise to, to becoming a powerhouse and ultimately a dynasty. And, and you mentioned some of that, watching Bob Greasy and those guys. You were a Browns fan, but was it hard to not? I mean, the Dolphins' presence had to be felt being a high school football player in Miami. Oh, yes, very much so. I mean, you, you're talking about the, the undefeated team and all of the, the stars and the Hall of Famers that they had on that team, so you couldn't help but take notice. But again, you know, that was that thing about Cleveland and, and the Cleveland Browns, and uh, I followed them a little bit closer, but being that I was uh, Miami born and raised, you couldn't help but take notice to the success, uh, the the change that occurred here. And I'm, I'm talking about, again, people that made a huge impact on this community and still to this day. And, uh, you know, what they were able to accomplish and achieve in the game itself. You couldn't help but sit back and marvel and witness that. And uh, I, I followed them, but uh, that was that little bit uh, in me that still was a Cleveland You're fan. a Browns yeah. guy? Well, you know, I, I grew up in Cleveland, a huge Browns fan, you know, and that, that was the same thing for me, but I actually lived in that city and I played, you know, high school football there as well and there are some guys that I've played against like the Desmond Howards, uh, the Elvis Gerbox, um, Robert Smith. I knew they were great high school players and they went on to be pretty good college players, but I never imagined that they would be, end up being good pros as well. Were any guys that you played with down here that, you know, you or played against that, you know, you knew they were pretty good in high school, but I mean, that, and then they end up being pros. What, what are some of those guys that you might have played against or played with? None of those guys. None of them got there. Really? I, I, I think Ralph Ortega, he was, he was a couple of years older than myself, and uh, he's the first name. Uh, that, you know, comes to mind. But uh, as impactful and as successful as uh, football was here, it just wasn't a lot of guys uh, that eventually made uh, the next step mm. at the, after the college level into the pros. It was later guys like um, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, those type of individuals. They made an impact, right? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> those guys were okay. That you heard about when they were in high school and later uh, in college. And then being drafted and having the success that they did. Uh, those were the guys that, that really kind of come to mind in a sense because they were local uh, for the most part, and it was easy to very track and follow them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Nat and Larry, you talk about Nat Moore and Larry Little, 
what about those guys when they were in, in high school? Did they seem to have any potential to get to the next level? Did you did you follow those guys at all or run the same circles at all? Well, you heard about Larry and uh, just how devastating a player he was. And Nat Moore uh, playing the, the wide receiver position, of course, he was a, a stalwart, a standout. Uh, and he went to Edison? Is yes, that, no? Ed, okay. Edison High School, yeah, uh, in that sense. So those individuals, yeah, uh, the stars – back then uh, were what they were. They were stars, and uh, you learned and uh, you knew about them, and it made it very easy for you to follow them. And what's that like now? I mean, these are these are your friends. You know, it's a, you were a younger guy because they they came a few years ahead of you. Just a few years. And, and, well, <laughs> well, they're friends. We're still well, now we're senior citizens. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that from from following them to actually getting the opportunity to meet them and then having friendships derive as a result, it, it, it's something that uh, lasted over the years. And we look forward to the times that we are able to get together. I think. Uh, a good colleague of mine and I had uh, lunch with Mercury Morris a, a few months ago, and it's always oh, really? it's yeah. always interesting to sit oh, down. Yeah. And, uh, yes. and, and I hope and, you didn't have anything else on your schedule <laughs> after no. that lunch. Well, that's, be... that's why I said it's always pretty interesting because with Merck, all you got to do is sit there and listen. You that's don't really it. have to talk a lot. That's why we're trying to get, <laughs> get him on, him on the, the podcast so yeah. we can take the day off and just listen to Merck. Turn the mics on, let him go. Right? That is funny. Well, hey, let's take a quick break for advertisers try and pay a few bills, and then we'll be right back with the hawk. Hey, Juice, so October is here, and in my mind, that means only one thing. It is almost time for my favorite event of the year, and no big surprise, but it's an O.J. McDuffie party. Hey, you know it, Big Seth. The 17th Annual Signature Grand Ghoul presented by Calvin Giordano and Associates will take place on Monday, October 29th, and once again, benefits 211 Broward, an amazing charity. They are amazing, Juice, and so is the Ghoul. Yeah, no doubt. We are transforming the Signature Grand into a 100,000-square-foot mansion for the sickest Halloween costume party in South Florida. And this costume parties for the grown folk, big not people. the kids. Yeah, mm. big people or big kids, I Correct. guess. We're talking open bar, amazing food, dancing, silent auction, and of course, contests and prizes for the most incredible costumes. Speaking of which, right. since you've asked me to co-emcee the event with you this year, DJ Preach and I cannot defend our title because we killed it last you year. You always kill it, Seth, but I know you'll still represent. You know I go hard for Halloween, and since the fish tank will be all up in the ghoul, as will a bunch of other hosts from our Five Reasons Sports family, let's do a little something special for the Listeners. Yeah, you know what? Let's give away a couple tickets to the goal. No doubt. So what we need you to do is post a photo in your all-time greatest Halloween costume. Tag your favorite Five Reasons Sports podcast and use the hashtag Dive Into the Ghoul. And the top four costumes will have a chance to win two tickets to the Signature Grand Ghoul on that October 29th. For more information on how you can join OJ and me at the Signature Grand Ghoul, visit 211-Broward.org. That's 211-Broward.org. Yeah, yeah the grammar police here. 211-Broward.org. And call 954-390-0493 and ask for Tracy. Welcome back to the Fish Tank. OJ and I are here with Andre Dawson. Just really an honor to be sitting here with the Hawk. And no, we're not talking baseball. We are talking football, believe it or not. Um, and, not yet, we're not. Well, not yet. We'll get to it. <laughs> How could we not? But Andre, so, you know, Cleveland Browns fan, you made that clear. But you really were a fan of a lot of individuals who played for the Dolphins. And, and, and these folks have become your friends. And I've seen you, you know, running Jason Taylor's foundation. You've been so generous with your time and supportive and coming out to our events. Uh, and, and every time I see you at an event, I see 
the relationships you have with folks. We talked about Nat. We talked about Larry. You know, are, are there other people within the organization? Did you know Coach Shula? Are there other folks that you knew and that you've built relationships with over the years? And how did that transpire? Yeah, I, I did get the opportunity to uh, meet and become friends. I, I wouldn't say close friends because uh, when you talk about Don Shula, Don Shula has a lot of close friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did uh, get the opportunity uh, to become friends with him. And uh, tell you a story. I probably shouldn't tell this story. Oh, please tell her. Please tell That's what we've been waiting for. That's what we do. I was, uh, Coach and I were uh, at uh, an event. Well, I was receiving an award. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I was rece- I had already received the award, but it was the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Uh, been uh benefit and I stepped into the bathroom and uh, uh, you know you go to the bathroom you do your business and uh, I was washing my hands and all of a sudden out of one of the stalls I see an individual <laughs> coming out and I looked at him and I said coach how are you and he looked at me and he said I'm fine I'm fine Andre how are you and he he extended to shake my hand <laughs> and uh I, I kind of looked at him and I gave him a pump, a, a fist, fist pump, yeah, a, a fist pump, and I said, "I'm, I'm doing real, coach. I'm real well, coach. Thank you." <laughs> and did you see the soap? Oh my god, that is hilarious. He didn't even think twice that's, about that's it. That's one of the things you run into, one of the problems you run into in the bathroom. And then the guys that actually leave without washing their hands, you'll see them at the event that you're at, and you're like, "Man, shaking everybody's hand." Yeah, that dude there, right? <laughs> well, hopefully Coach made it to the sink yeah, after he got a chance I'm to say hello did. to you. That Classy is guy, I'm sure. a great story. But that's got to be amazing. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, for me, uh, South Florida kid grew up and, and idolized all these guys, but I didn't play. I sure as heck didn't make it into any Hall of Fame. Um, so so that, that's that got to be a really yeah. cool thing with all the success that you've had. It's still meaningful for you to see these guys that you admired in their own space. Yes, it is. And one of uh, the more touching times for me was just this, this past year. I uh, see Nick Bonacani uh, in a wheelchair. Uh, Nick was obviously my first agent, and uh, we go. I didn't know, we that. Go, I didn't know that. Know, we go. We go that far back. Wow. You know, nineteen seventy-seven, and uh, Nick. Uh, we had we had a pretty pretty special relationship, and uh, I've tried to um, uh, keep abreast with how he's doing his con- his condition. I obviously go to New York every year for to his big fundraiser. I've gone the last five years, I should say, and uh, does incredible work. It, it, yeah, it's, it's something um, that I I really look forward to. I think dedicating the the second uh, half of his life uh, to something. Uh, that's you know it's just a life changer and uh, being able to um to support that and uh be a part of that uh was something for me that was a no brainer and and just this last year to see him in a in a wheelchair for the first time and to hear uh, a remark of a dedication and speech uh, that his son gave. Uh, as a tribute to him and everything that he's done uh, because Nick wasn't able to actually get up to the stage for wow. the first time. Uh, and to really see the hurt and the tears uh, kind of uh, see his eyes kind of swell a little bit, that was uh, an all-time touching moment for me because um, he's done so much great work. Uh, and, uh, you know, being especially the face of, of that foundation. Well, I, I, I had no idea that yeah. he was your agent. So that uh, I mean, I think just what Nick is going through now has been um, has been heavy for a lot of folks. But I, I just didn't realize you all had that level of closeness in that history. Right. Yes. Way back. Uh, wow. Again, hey, I was introduced to him by Warren Cromartie, uh, who was the using Crow. him right, at the time. And, um, you know, Nick was 
Uh, he was who he was. Uh, he uh, uh, surprised me in a sense because uh, I, you see him on the football field, and then when you finally see him in person, and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm actually, <laughs> actually bigger than this right, guy. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, – that's why those coaches at Southwest Senior High were trying to get you on the football right, field. Right. So right. I well, uh, no, what you see now is, is you know, that's I'm talking about uh, maybe uh, 50 pounds heavier than when I was uh, in, in in high school. In high school, I was only uh, about 160 tops, mm. and uh, maybe all of five ten. Now I'm six three. Right, man. <laughs> three, there two, was a growth spurt yeah. there at some point, yeah, Andre. Yeah, two thirty. So it's it's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, just a little bit. You know, Andre, you talked a lot about the guys you you grew up with, the Nat Moores, the Larry Littles, the the Zonks, the Mercs, the you know the the Greasies. Do you get a chance to follow the team now? Are you, any of the guys now? And what do you think about you know the, the the guys now? If you do actually follow the squad, well, now it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, just how Tannehill can come back, you know, from missing probably a, a complete season, and uh, just how strong he is, and uh, if you know he's able to um, uh, to pick up where he left off. Uh, usually, when you uh, you go through a devastating injury like that, it takes a little while before you get your feet perhaps supplanted back underneath you and you really feel as strong as you really want to. Uh, they made a lot of changes, obviously, and uh, I, th- I look at it as a young team mm-hmm. that can probably surprise a lot of people. This community uh, can get down on you very quickly. Yes, it can. When, <laughs> you know, when you, when you don't achieve the type of success that they expect. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they come together, uh, I think. Uh, they'll probably surprise a lot of people. I'm not going to go on a, a limb and say that, you know, they're going to win 10 games or so. But I think uh, barring injuries, uh, that's that's always the key. And getting out of uh, the gates early, uh, which obviously uh, can uh, be a big plus for you going forward. I, I think that's going to be the key for them to get out of the, uh, the, the gates at, at an early pace and uh, get some momentum going. And uh, that can that can carry a long ways as far as the success you have during the season. So they'll be uh, exciting to watch, I think. And I think they'll, they'll surprise some people. We're hoping so. We definitely are hoping Always, so. Right? It's interesting to hear you talk about Tannehill and recovering from the injury. Uh, unfortunately, you know you know a, a thing or two about knee injuries and, and having to go through that. How much, when you had to battle knee injuries in your career and then get back on the field and, and um, you know you do some of the research and you know, people are counting you out and next thing you know you're, you're winning MVP of the league. But h- how much do you have to what does it take to get that confidence on because it's one thing for the doctors to say hey structurally everything's sound but I have to imagine and I'm the furthest thing from an athlete but I have to imagine for you to be able to perform at the level you're performing and trust in your body to do those things what is that like going through that process it's it's very tedious uh you know you can't sit and feel sorry for yourself uh your work ethic has to become impeccable and uh, you got to put the time in. That's the key. Looking beyond what has already happened that you can't control. For me, I, I had to endure 12 knee surgeries mm, 12. During, during the course of my career. And uh, Medicine was different. With, yeah, with, with, with each one, you kind of learn your body in a sense. Uh, you learn what the routine is. Uh, you got to reach back for that little extra. And I tried to step outside of that, and I would tell uh, whoever was uh, responsible for my therapy, my rehab, I want to do double sessions. Uh, so uh, they look at me. I, I was a little bit different yeah. uh, character. And, uh, I, you know, I realized, hey, in order to uh, to get out of what you 
uh, are trying to accomplish, you really got to step up the work ethic. So for for me, I, I never felt sorry or bad about anything. When I had the devastated knee injury and as a result of uh, playing in high school and seeing scouts disappear, uh, mm-hmm. having to go to college and uh, walk, do, do the walk-on mm-hmm. to receive a scholarship. So it impacted you in baseball too, not just in football. Absolutely. Uh, it impacted me so much. See, the thing with me, I didn't have physical therapy uh, rehabilitation. Uh, and as a 17-year-old at that time, I didn't know that's what you were supposed to do. Of course. Right. The doctor didn't recommend it, so I, I had no clue. I never was able to regain my range of motion. I just put a knee brace on. Wow. And I hobbled around with a swollen ankle uh, through baseball season. And I like, just like that, there were no scholarship offers. And I uh, had a coach that said to me, you know, don't give up. He said, um, you know, I, I see a lot of tools. I see a lot of talent. And the one thing he did say was, you know, you're going to go as far as you want to go. Just keep that in mind. Who's that coach? That, that, was, that, was, his... that was Paul Como. We lost Paul a couple of years ago. Hmm. And uh, he was my head baseball coach at Southwest High School. Uh, but, you know, when I look back at, at that, uh, I went to Florida and m as a walk-on. I made the team. I can remember trying out with the Kansas City Royals Baseball Academy with that knee brace on at the end of my, my high school, my, my senior season. And I was one of uh, about 60 kids trying out, uh, three of us invited back the last day. And there was a scout uh, who was with the Royals organization, and he made a comment to me. Uh, none of us, none of the three of us actually made the academy. But he said, you know, if you're really interested in playing at the next level, you should probably go to Florida State. He was also a coach at Florida State. (laughs) And he said, go to Florida State and uh, apply for financial aid. And I felt financial aid you could get anywhere. And if I really wanted to leave Miami, leave home, uh, Florida and them had a rich family tradition. Uh, That's where I was going to go. It was across the train tracks from Florida State. (laughs) I went to Florida and them as a walk-on. I made the team. I made the starting lineup as a freshman and uh you know from there things just seem to fall into place <laughs> they sure as heck did yeah well, believe it believe it or not hawk i actually played baseball all the way into penn state for a couple of years as a sophomore i played a little baseball got drafted by the uh california angels and it was late 40 i think 41st round or something like that but I, you know i had, a, I had a, a chance to maybe play a little 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 baseball but i went the opposite direction obviously and wanted to play football instead that was more of my passion i, I coach a little bit of baseball now my son's little league team and i coach my oldest son a, a little bit and I, I realized you know how important and there's no way I, I mean i've got andre dawson the hawk across the table from me right now no way i'm not gonna talk a little baseball with you i know we're talking football but i gotta get a little baseball in i know how important it is and how a lot has changed about you know african-americans playing baseball and how important, you know, the fact you went to Florida A&M and, you know, how the number of players that are in the league that look like you and I are is dwindling, you know. And I know it's a passion of yours to, you know, to, to make sure that baseball in the inner city uh, grows a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, why it's so important for you as well as it's important for me to make sure we get, you know, some of the guys that don't get a baseball, I mean, a basketball or football opportunity to play baseball. Because I think if, I think anybody can play baseball if you have the passion, the heart, and the right people teaching it. You know, you can be big, little, whatever it is. Baseball is a sport for everybody if you get the right people doing it. And especially if you have an athlete like yourself or some of these athletes that are in the city, they can go out there and be some tremendous baseball players if pushed the right way or people like yourself that backs them in that situation. Well, OJ, you've said a lot. (laughs) You've pretty much answered your question. And that's the key. The key is opportunity. And uh, as a kid, you got to start early, first of all. And uh, you got to start 
in a sense, so that you don't get uh, you don't fall behind the eight ball. Uh, it can be a very expensive sport, and uh, with kids, especially here uh, in the South Florida area, playing year round, you need that early experience uh, so that you don't get out and embarrass yourself. Yeah, you can embarrass yourself, and uh, when you see basketball. Uh, football and you see LeBron James and you you see the success that these individuals are having. You see uh, Pop Warner football and uh, you have uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people sitting watching eight and nine-year-olds bang heads. It's crazy. And they're out there rooting and cheering that on. Why can't you do the same thing when it comes to baseball? And that's that's where it's getting lost. It's getting lost with these kids at a very early age. And uh, it com- that that's that's a big an important part of growing in the sport, learning the sport, and grasping the sport. And uh, I just, you know, think that over time, uh, especially in the, in the inner city, uh, in the urban areas, the fields were lost. Uh, kids just stopped playing for whatever reason during the summer. And you found men, adults, softball, soccer leagues going on. And uh, it just kind of lost its way. And I got my start when I was nine years old. Right. And I can remember as far back as middle school, it was the only thing I ever wanted to do growing up. But uh, I had the people around me uh, encouraging me, supporting me. And not really pushing me, but making me see it for what it was. It was recreation. And uh, if you have the ability, we'll see just how far that can go. But you got to start at a very early age. You got to start, it's got to start with the parents. Uh, You got to put the time in. You got to go out uh, once. You know, you get out there and you uh, get a little bit more formal coaching. Uh, then it's not foreign to you. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you don't really want to do is embarrass yourself. Baseball can be embarrassing. Yeah, when you, if you embarrass <laughs> that yourself. That isolation, right? You, you're playing with kids your same age and you're seeing uh, the results just aren't the same. That, that can be very embarrassing. And you rebel. But I think because so much emphasis uh, from the dads during this time is, is basketball and football. Football more, more so. Uh, that's why uh, you 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 have a sense to believe uh, it was a, a dying commodity in 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 the inner city uh, that you know really needs to be addressed and also looking back at community leaders uh, pushing it a little bit more uh, the parks and recreation directors pushing it a little bit more it's it's so much that goes into getting these kids in the right frame of mind to want to go out and play the game yeah and I know you you've been instrumental in a lot of that in the inner city you know the renovation of Charles Hadley Park in Liberty City uh, we also know you know you're you're one of two one of two in the Hall of Fame that went to historical black colleges. Um, I, I know that's a really big, important thing for you. I know MLB had the uh, the Urban Invitational. That's now the Andre Dawson Classic, which is amazing. That's like, awesome. That tells you how much you've you've given back to the sport within the city. And I like how MLB has embraced uh, you know certain things and certain days within in baseball that cover a lot of different guys that were from like different growing up different places, and they do embrace the, the urban players as well, like yourself, and they give it back, and you give it back all the time as well. Yeah, they, they have uh, really done a phenomenal job in uh, trying to make playing facilities accessible, mm-hmm. trying to give you that environment, that environment conducive for playing the game itself. Uh, and you commend them uh, for, for going that extra step. But, you know, there's still still quite a ways and, and quite a few other things that have to be accomplished. And the good thing is it's on the right track. Right.
Well, we need to get some guys. Me and you go down in Miami and find some kids that you know that want to go out there and, and throw the ball around and and hit the ball a little bit. Stacking that team, stack juice? our team with some <laughs> athletes, man, and let's let's go, let's get it done. We'll run through some teams, right? Well, Juice's boys can play; they can definitely play. <laughs> We've got an announcement for you on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We have another watch party. Now, ignore the fact that we are zero and four in watch parties. We've seen the Dolphins lose twice, the Heat lose, and the Hurricanes lose. It'll turn around we- at some point. It'll turn out at some point. We're going to win one. Probably not this Thursday night, but Thursday night, Thursday night at Township in Fort Lauderdale. Now, this is a new restaurant. It's right where Riverfront is. It's on the corner of Las Olas and Andrews. If you're familiar with Tilted Kilt, it's in that space, and they've really done a nice job with it. And we've got drink specials. We've got food specials. We've got beer specials. We've got pretzel specials. They got 20% off their great pretzels all night long. And we're going to have giveaways. So we're going to be giving away five reasons hats. We're going to be giving away Miami Heat beat shirts. We're going to have hosts there. We're going to be giving away Devontae Parker for a conditional seventh round pick. If you get there early enough, (laughs) give us that seventh round pick. So come out to Township. We're going to get out there starting at around 7 o'clock. It's going to be a great crowd. They've got big, big TVs. It's a great space. Hosts from a lot of the different podcasts in our network. We can complain about the Dolphins together, drink, eat, and win free stuff. And you know, you mentioned that though there's still more work that needs to be done, Andre. Who are look, what you've accomplished and, and is incredible both on and off the field. The fact that there have only been two players from historically uh, historically black colleges to make it to the to the Hall of Fame is really kind of mind blowing uh, for a lot of different reasons. It's mind blowing. Who are who are you going to pass the torch to? Like who who are there other guys that um, whether they're still playing or they just recently finished their careers that you feel comfortable with that can help uh, perpetuate you know, that movement to get people of color playing the game again. Well, I, I like to think that I, I passed the torch a long time ago. Well, you're still uh, carrying right, it when, yeah. I, when I when I retired, uh, to say the least. But, you know, I, I worked in the, in the Florida slash Miami Marlins organization for 15 years, and I saw uh, some outstanding talent come through as a result, uh, working with individuals like uh, Marcel Lozuna, Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, who was having an MVP oh, he's, year. Oh, he's so good. Uh, you know these individuals, and, and they they sit back and uh, for uh, well initially uh, they won't say a whole lot. You kind of have to get them to open up, and uh, then you can't really get rid of them. But uh, <laughs> they are they are individuals who, uh, in their own right, kind of like the face of of the sport itself in a sense, uh, or who are, are superstars in their own right. Uh, when you when you have an opportunity, when you're player in my position, you have an opportunity to reach out to an individual and uh, help them along the way. Uh, that's what really drives you. I I played the game for a long time. I remember guys like Pete Rose, uh, Tony Perez, uh, Al Oliver, uh, who kind of took me under their wing, and they brought me along. I tried to do the same thing with Tim Raines, uh, who was a few years behind me. Uh, Warren Cromartie and I played together, and Warren did a lot of things uh, in the community to uh, help try to promote the game itself. So I, I look back, and I still feel that, because now I've moved on and I'm, I'm in the Chicago Cup regime. I work with that organization now, and I get to see the players that they have uh, in, in their minor league system, the players that are currently there now, and uh, work with them. 
One thing I wouldn't do, I, I won't get in anyone's way or step on any toes, but uh, you make yourself accessible, available to uh, try and help in any way. And, you, and the coaching staff know that you're there for them. So uh, that's why I say, you know, I, I think I kind of passed the torch a long time ago. But now I look at it in a sense that, hey, you know, I, I accomplished what I did. I am who I am. And... Uh, I'll sit down and I'll share whatever expertise I have uh, if it's going to be helpful or beneficial to anyone. It's fantastic. Absolutely. It really is. So, look, I'd be a complete fraud if I tried to talk too much more (laughs) baseball. You know, I I, I don't really know a whole lot, Andre. I'd be lying to folks if I tried to go any further. Well, no, I mean, I get that, you know, but but, but my my, uh, wealth of knowledge as it relates to the sport is limited. But I want to ask you something in doing my research here and preparing for this. It's not Dolphin related and it's not baseball related it's more of uh you know it's a business of yours that it just blew my mind to find out that uh that you have a job you own a business you have a job you're very actively i don't know if you know this oj i'm learning he's very actively involved in this from what i read um you're in the funeral home business really (laughs) what i mean it just blew my mind well uh you know i don't want to sit here and blow your mind (laughs) it's too late you know but uh yeah you know it's kind of where I am now uh, in my life. And I look at it, it's, it's a calling. Uh, I would have never thought, and I, I said this when I addressed my staff after we had our grand opening, I said, who would ever thought, you know, uh, I grew up being afraid of dead people. Hmm. And I never really wanted to venture inside of a funeral home. I, I stand outside. I never wanted to go inside of a funeral home. But I say it's a, it's a calling in a sense because with baseball, well, with, with athletics in general, you you have a different game face uh, on game day, and your game face is well documented. On uh, <laughs> you've intimidated yeah. a lot of pitchers. And, and I look at uh, the business uh, that I'm involved in today, and it's a, it's a completely uh, different game face. And uh, I, like I said, I said that this to my staff. Who would have ever thought? Uh, but this is not about me. It's not about you. Uh, it's it's about a service that have to be provided to help a family get through a crisis. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be very sad. You know, it can take its toll on you. But I can honestly say, I think, in a, in, 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 in a sense, uh, being an athlete kind of prepared me uh, for this. I fell into my lap. I didn't uh, venture out to seek being uh, a funeral home owner. That's what I was wondering. Like, yes, how did this happen? It, it, it kind of fell into my lap and... As a result, I had to make it work. And uh, in doing so, I met with uh, some of the uh, the pastors in the community. Uh, I had uh, my two uncles who were really a godsend in a sense because they both got me started as a baseball player. And they were both retired, one from active military uh, in the Air Force and the other uh, an assistant principal. Hmm. And... They wanted to run the day-to-day operations, and they convinced me that it was a necessity in the community and to consider keeping it open and letting them do the day-to-day operations. And after meeting with the pastors, uh, you know, we sat down, and uh, that's why I handpicked my staff and I made the comment to them, this not being about me. It's about uh, a service uh, that we got to provide to the community. And uh, I'm going to reach out on a limb. I'm going to make sure my best effort is to make it a success because at the end of the day, uh, it's me on the line. It's not them. And uh, I can honestly say 10 years in now. Uh, a decade. Ten years. A decade. Uh, yeah. Nice. 10 years Who in, knew? I, I kind of got my 
uh, my feet underneath me. And <laughs> I bet. I, I, I do a little bit of everything. I'm not a licensed embalmer, so I, I want to make sure I clear the air in that sense. Okay. But I know that's, that's not uh, my calling. Uh, but I do participate to a degree in so many different other different aspects of the business itself. My my wife, she's a full time employee. My son, uh, he's uh, kind of gathered himself, and as a matter of fact, as I'm speaking, he's probably on his way from Lake Worth. Uh, we had a memorial. Uh, we have a military. I'm sorry, burial up in Lake Worth uh, this morning. Uh, so he. I can recall looking at my daughter doing the grand opening, and he said, what are they doing? Uh, but right. uh, he's come a long way, and uh, I look at it, and this is something now. It, it, it wasn't passed down to me, but it's going to be passed down, and hopefully uh, it'll be a, a family business that can go on and on. I will see down the road. But, you know, I, I look back, and again, uh, it was definitely not my cup of tea, <laughs> but I realized that, hey, God has placed you here for reason. And uh, now, you know, you got to, you know, read between the lines and do what it it obviously takes to make it a success. That captured you by surprise, James? That caught me way (laughs) off guard, man. And he's right, you know, of a man that's been to, myself, that's been to way too many funerals in the last, I don't know, decade. You know, it is important now that service you provide for the family. And that's what it's all about. It's not about anybody else other than the family. And couldn't imagine somebody other than the Hawk, you know, and his family, you know, doing an amazing job. That's what he's done with his life. You know, and he's no carrying on in his business. So that's that's what's up right there. No question. Well, Andre, we can't thank you enough for diving into the fish tank. Uh, I uh, again, Warren Green pulling another uh, a Warren Green special. special yeah. But he said, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, Andre Dawson. I know it's a dolphin podcast, but he's got a lot to talk Great about, stuff. and you certainly did. It I mean, was an honor to have you. Thank here. you. It Our is, first Hall of Famer it. in the tank. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. First Hall of Famer in the tank. We had to go outside yeah. to another sport. Big but, time, big time Hall of Famer. Yeah. And it took too long well, for the Hawk to get into the Hall of Fame. I know, I know how you. You're a gentleman. You're, I'm telling you, for me personally, it took too long for you to get in the Hall of Fame. Well, OJ, I, I thank you for those sentiments. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, uh, again, and, and you know what? I want to thank you in my day job, you know, running Jason's Foundation. Every time we've had an event that you've been able to make, you've been there. And, uh, you know, Warren told me earlier, he said, look, Andre doesn't golf, but he will, you know, anything else you're doing, he'll come out and support. He, he was even at our ping pong tournament, mm-hmm. Juice. Remember, he came out to the ping pong smash. And, and, and so you've been so supportive. And it is as much as we have events and as many guys that participate, you know people have their own time and they truly are donating their time. There's a million other things you could be doing. I didn't even realize you had a whole business you could be running. So so Jason and I truly appreciate the support you've given us organizationally. Well, I, I enjoy uh, coming out. The golf is not pretty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not out there to fool anybody or myself. Uh, I, I, a quick story. I, I actually buried a ball one time. <laughs> I don't know how it I happened. I better be made contact. It would go now. <laughs> I, I don't know how oh, it happened, uh, but, uh, you know, I had a sore wrist. Someone later found the ball uh, about six inches under the ground. I'm like, how did that happen? Wow. But, yeah, it's not pretty. You know, not pretty. But, but when you get a hold of it, though, well, man, I, I, oh, man. I, I can't hit it straight. Uh, right. You know, the thing with me is I start and I can't stop. You know, everything has to be one quick motion. And I told him, maybe if you throw it to me, you get better, <laughs> better results. You should try that. Yeah, be, better results. But then if you did that, you probably have to duck. So, uh, but, but that no, is great. I, I, a little I do, soft I toss from the side. Yeah. Right. I, 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 do, I do enjoy, you know, actually being a participant. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, as a very small token of our appreciation, one of our one of our supporters here in the Fish Tank, Thunderous Genius Creative House, has given these t-shirts for all of our guests. So this is uh, just a, a thank you from Thunderous Genius. 
genius and from OJ and I. So this is for you here. All right, as long as it's a two X. No, uh, well, I, we'll have to switch it out I then. We got an XL. I can't fit in those L's and, and XL's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll change that one out. He for said you. fifty pounds heavier since he was. Come on, Seth. I was looking at those old pictures on the internet. I guess I don't know. So yeah, but we'll we'll get you a double X. I'll get it out to Warren Green and get it over to you. But special thanks, you know, certainly to all of our supporters. And again, Andre Dawson, the Hawk. It was just a pleasure to have you here in the Absolutely. Tank. Thanks for diving in, Hawk. All right. Thank you, guys. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive, dive in, in. Fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rockin' with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank. Don't ever